If we could talk about time Adam Watch a film today James We'd explain all the plots that confused you Scott And we'd say Welcome to Time Travel Film Club Hello from the past, present and future. My name's Scott Hamza and thank you so much for listening to the eighth episode of Time Travel Film Club. A weird, wild and curly-whirly journey across some of the best and some of the worst time travel films throughout our timeline. As always, joining me in the Time Travel Film Club, to my right, our resident science guy and my crutch of understanding throughout this episode, it's James Donnelly. I'll be honest, uh, on the list of films that I didn't think people would understand, I didn't have this one as highly as it was. And you were deeply, deeply wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And to my left, film fact finder extraordinaire, Mr. Mojo Proflo Jojo, it's Adam Hedges. Oh, my (laughs) God! Yes, we are here to kick off another episode of the Time Travel Film Club, our collection of 12 time travel movies spanning three decades and five countries. Each episode, you, our darling listener, will join our past selves for the breakdown, analysis and comparison of a time travel film you may not have heard of. Which brings me to today's episode and today's film, Curvature. Curvature was released in 2017, directed by Diego Halavis and written by Brian the Lion Deleuze. Gentlemen, where did we watch this film? Amazon? Yeah, this was an Amazon for me. Yep, no DVDs Mm -hmm. for us. I also watched it on Amazon. I will say, though, I keep forgetting the name of this movie because Curvature, there's not much curvy about this movie. It's not like a circle-obsessed, bendy, flexible, curvy film. The time machine's a literal donut. Oh, yes. It's an MRI machine. Yes, (laughs) But there is another film on the list that sometimes begins with a C, which will make sense when it happens. Mm-hmm. And I get these two confused. Yeah, all the time. The it's Curl just... Who Leapt Through Time. The... Yeah, <laughs> the... that's the one. Yeah, the yeah, Curl yeah, yeah. Who Leapt Through Yeah, fantastic. Now, lovely listener, before we send you back to our past selves, if you'd like to get in touch with us at all, we'd be overjoyed to hear from you. And uh, guys, how can our lovely listeners do that? You can like us on Facebook at Time Travel Film Club, or you can follow us on Twitter at Time Travel Club. And if you've got any stories about getting day drunk with your professor or Linda Hamilton, come to our subreddit, r slash time travel film club, or send an email to time travel film club at gmail.com. And with that being said, lads, finish up here. Take your shoes off. It's time to trawl the streets looking for a bin newspaper. It's curvature time. <laughs> he's, he's right, he's right, though. He's right. <laughs> I've now seen this movie twice, okay? We've all seen this movie twice, maybe some of us, you know, uh, multiple points for for scenes and stuff like that. Like I went back into it uh, 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 for moments. And I will say, having seen this movie twice, I like I know myself. You guys know me. Mm -hmm. I'm perfectly capable of being an idiot. I'm perfectly capable of like (laughs) gripping hold of the complete wrong kind of meaning of something and running forward with it. I, I I understand these things about myself. And there are movies on this list already that I've had a very limited grasp of you know like primer was a complete sort of like mind warp to begin with and so like i i am perfectly happy with thinking that i am not the god of logic and that the movies can easily and will baffle me and yet i will say this okay this movie i've seen it twice and every single time i think about the narrative of this movie and every single time i went back when when i was doing the show notes when i just went back to watch bits and pieces every single time like a like a Russian babushka doll of of confusion. 
Every time I reopen this movie, I am confronted with more confusion and I understand even less of where I am. So it's my like deepest apologies to tell you, gentlemen, that today as the narrator of this episode, I have no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're on the same lines here, Scott. I've, I've also watched this a couple of times. Nope. There's like four times, like, I, okay, I know we'll get into it. We're obviously here to get into it, but I just want to tell you up top, there may be moments in this where you think Scott has abdicated his job as the narrator of the plot. And I tell you what, I did. <laughs> I have. Uh, this, I think, is my third watch. Um, third? That I watched it back to back the first time I ever watched it. So I watched it twice in one go. Um, purely for the same reason that you just mentioned, of to make sure that I, because I think the first time round, I was confused as to who and when and how people had time travelled, but luckily now on my third watch, I think I get this film. Okay, good. Was this one of your suggestions? It was way one of back my when this was. Okay, I was trying to fix. I knew it wasn't one of mine. I knew it came from one of yeah. you two or the ether. I only, brought, <laughs> oh. I only brought forty-one to this. Oh, <laughs> oh, if it's if it's a Netflix or Amazon only. original, <laughs> yeah. If it's a Netflix or Amazon original. That's me. That's me all through and through. Whereas if it's the most un- obscure indie director with no clue... You leave him alone. Good old Glenn. <laughs> Glenn. Before I start pulling out what little hair I have left, let's let's get into it. The movie begins, we open, you know, very quietly, very ser- very serenely, very quiet, very subdued. Uh, we have Helen, our main character, played by Lindsay Fonseca. Of Hot Tub Time Machine fame. Uh, one of two actresses in this film that have both been in time travel films before but not time traveled one of one of three. Oh, actors Ooh. or actresses that actors, are involved uh, in time travel media i would say interesting all righty so we're walking around helen's uh, uh lovely house with helen she's noticeably quite sad quite uh passive quite forlorn and the only morsel of sort of information for us at this point is that it is may 26th 2017 she makes her coffee in a weird way Americans, mate. Is that an American thing? I don't think most Americans have kettles. I, I was amazed to see she had one, actually. Mm, right. They're just not big on instant coffee. They're, you know, it has to be yeah, like has freshly to be ground. filtered into a glass jug. Yeah, yeah. And, it yeah. looks... It doesn't look good. No, later, it doesn't it, like, look good. You know, just like 20 minutes later in this movie, it's just a saggy pit of brown gunk. Also, Can... I think twice we see her make coffee. Both times, she just turns on the hob that the kettle sat on, mm. and it's just magically exactly got the right amount of water on, and it's it's just apparently, she must, she goes to bed beforehand and goes, I better set my coffee for the morning, just in case. The house is immaculately tidy as well, I don't know if you notice this, but she always just leaves the old coffee rubbish yeah, for so the she, next morning. She fills the kettle again for the next day, but yeah. Yeah. Still leaves the coffee grounds there. Weird. I mean, she's going through a moment, right? So sorry. You know, yeah, probably and, you know, we should carry on a bit before we. No, not in like a negative way, but like you know, she's uh, uh the house is spotless because it's been unused, which we don't know at this point. You know, um, true. <laughs> at this point, genuinely, obviously, you know, first upon first viewing, you don't know that she is in mourning. She's in a stage of grief. I just sat there and I, I I didn't question this scene one bit because the overlap, as I realised while watching this for the second time, the overlap between being single and just living kind of slobbishly and going through mourning uh, is very similar. She uh, wakes up late. She wakes up on the sofa. These are all things that I've done just because I'm, you know, single and unemployed. I've got a question actually for you, Adam. Mm. Have you ever seen Scott asleep anywhere Butter sofa. No, I don't believe he's ever slept in a bed. He slept on this sofa a hundred times? Yeah, hundreds of times. I've rented Airbnbs that are lounges only. 
<laughs> so we we immediately sort of move on to Helen, who is uh, at a diner with Thomas. I'm going to unfortunately call him Thomas because it's written in, you know, it's T-O-M-A-S is the, the spelling of his name. Thomas, sort of like Eastern European tinges to it. And you could totally see that the character played by Glenn Morshower, famed character actor Glenn Morshower, might be Morshower, but I'm going to go with Morshower as if he uh, has enough baths. He just doesn't have enough. Of... So you've made the actor's surname like an English version, but you've gone with the Eastern European version of Thomas. Let's <laughs> <laughs> call Thomas. Yeah. Um, Glenn, obviously, is someone that we've seen maybe like a 15, 16, 17 times here, but he's just always the army general yep. yeah. or the FBI agent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very stern looking, ironclad jaw, and you never know. He's ca- character actor 101 kind of thing. You'd never really know his name until now, Mr. Morshower. We know you now. Helen and Thomas are at a diner. They are talking mostly about the fact that Helen wants to uh, end her bereavement leave. She wants to come back to work. You know, is it a good idea? That kind of thing. He's concerned for her. But the his his optimal concern, his main concern in this situation is that he wants to continue the work that he and Helen's now dead husband, Wells. Most on the nose time travel reference I think we've had in yeah. any film so far. Right. And to just constantly, to never even give his first name, it's just constantly Wells. His first name is HG. <laughs> was it? No. Don't no. do that to me. <laughs> oh, you, you put me right in there. For a second, I was like, oh my God, it totally could be. Because I, mm-hmm. there, you know, I spiraled at moments during this. Mm-hmm. But even then, you know, yes, Wells is the, uh, the creator of time travel. And Thomas wants to keep going without her husband, Wells. He wants to continue on the, the, the project that they were doing. But we don't get to know the, the project at the moment. I just think it's interesting knowing the context of the film going forward. He's saying all this to basically get her blessing, which she does give. But given what we know happens in the rest of the film, it's quite an interesting character point that he would even ask her for her blessing. It's suspicious. It's de- I mean, you're definitely right. Uh, given what we know about what he does uh, for the uh, at the end of this movie, all of the revelations that we get, it's definitely the action. Oh, I say it's definitely. It could easily be conceived as the actions of a guilty man, kind of just double checking. It could exactly. be conceived as the that someone trying to cover their bases. You know, if it ever does come out what he did, he won't be or what was done, he won't be suspected of it because he's been, you know, looking after uh, Wells's widow. He's been, you know, respectfully asking that they continue when in. In actuality, he could and probably should have just gone and done it. He didn't need any of her blessing whatsoever. There's no point in this later on down when uh, when he says like, oh, it's it's missing code or it's missing uh, a spare part or, you know, we don't know the sequence or anything like that. He's just he is just. Yeah, you're right. He's just playing the playing the guilty guy. As I said, uh, Helen is now back at work. And before we get uh, an introduction to a a pivotal character in this movie, uh, Helen is, you know, she's interrupted from staring at her hands very quietly and (laughs) listening to whale noise. Oh, was that not Enya? My... Is no. it Enya? I wouldn't my, even. I wouldn't my, first, my first note in bold was whale music. I, I, I've never tried to concentrate and put whale music on. I, I don't, don't know, know if going. like she's listening to it or if we are listening to it as oh, the audience. Well, and she's just quietly staring at her hands, which I get like you know mm-hmm. grief motif kind she, of thing. She has her headphones on, so I presumed it was her. 
I just wouldn't listen to that at all. No. And not while I stare at my hands, you know, just I don't think thinking about and I would just start thinking about the whales. Yeah. You don't need more of that misery. Like, God, what is going on in those Japanese waters? <laughs> listen, listen, the whales have been saved now. We're good now. We're OK. In this movie or in IRL? Uh, not really either, to be honest. Oh, well, yeah. no. At least no. the one thing this movie could have done is she's listening to it. She turns around to Alex and she says, isn't it great we saved the whales? <laughs> And so, yeah, she turns around to Alex. No jokes. I I seem to have developed a twitch in my eye. <laughs> I can't put down to anything else apart from this character development. So let's get into it before I lose my mind. I'd like to point out, at one point in this film, he refers to her and her husband as dorks. This is the same man who plays a dice rolling game to decide what to have for lunch. <laughs> and not just roll the dice and what's the number, multiply the numbers together, mm-hmm. which... It's six times four, and he still goes, oh, six times four, that's uh, 24. Hmm. A-, a child knows that Why, six yeah, times four is 24. It took so long to understand what six times four was. Must, I presumably refer to an Excel spreadsheet that has every restaurant in the whole area they live in on it. Because 36 different <laughs> Unless he's like, oh, 24. Okay, so two is Japanese food and four is oh. Mexican, so I now need to find a fusion restaurant. But then why not just do four and six? It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> why not sense? just get a know, sandwich know, like everyone else? The perennially bad at mathematics, Alex. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is his moment for us. And, you know, it's a, it's a brief intro, but it's, it's one we will hauntingly remember for the rest of this movie. And then we, <laughs> we move on to the, a, a genuine highlight. Guys, uh, the the moment of the movie, you know, uh, it's Linda Hamilton time. It is Linda, Linda Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. Another star from a time travel film uh-huh. that doesn't time travel in her own film. Yeah. Linda Hamilton, obviously the most famous person in this movie by a considerable way, I would yeah. assume. A, a bit more for our generation, obviously. I imagine if you, you were born in like the last 22 years, you've got no idea who Linda okay. Hamilton is, to be fair. But as far as Hollywood goes, I'm I'm willing to, you know, put my money on she's the most famous person in this movie. How do we feel about Linda Hamilton being here, guys? Oh, I think the most important point about this is she's now the one building the robots. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't even... I did not twig with I that. I didn't think about one that bit. at all. This is, the start... is this the Terminator sequel? This is, this... <laughs> is that what this is? It's doing a prequel, mate. Oh, God. <laughs> Would you like to know uh, the, the kind of relationship between the director and Linda Hamilton on this, by the way? Oh, oh is there one? A little, little side thing. Ah. Um, I, I mean... Uh, Diego Halevis, who is the director of this, he says, The very first time I met her, she greeted me with a hug, told me how much she loved the screenplay. Soft cough from uh-huh. me there. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Raised and, eyebrows. And immediately all my nerves disappeared. So, I mean, you know, you do what you need to do for money. Diego <laughs> said all of his nerves about whether Linda was going to be into this or not disappeared. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So I guess, mm. I, guess I mean, I, I think her role is... is is actually it's a good display of acting with what she's got i don't think she can't play anyone else in this movie no you know? no there's no oh why wasn't she this character apart no. from the main character i would have told i would have much rather she was helen <laughs> there's no reason why you but know. i would have preferred if she was wells yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> change it up a bit Saucy, actually, i like it yeah i would have much preferred yeah. it if she was Wells. why have we not gender flipped hg wells at this point helen graham wells it would have worked perfectly I thought I just said Heather Graham Wells and I started to think of Heather Graham as well for a second. I was Heather like, Graham. I, could, I could buy yeah, it. What's Heather, Heather Graham doing right now, you know? As you mentioned, they're in, uh, James, they're in uh, the old robotics lab. Uh, Helen is visiting her old professor at the university. Which we all do all the time. I'm sure you've done that to your three or four universities you went to. I don't even remember the names or faces. <laughs> no, I certainly wouldn't go back 
to play with a robot that I built while I was there. Not to day drink. Not, <laughs> not day drink. Yeah. Not to day drink yeah, in an academic like facility. No, no, we'll have a little something harder. Yeah, It'll yeah. be fun. She's the one to propose it as well. Yeah. <laughs> so they're day drinking in the old robotics uh, lab. This is, as we said, where we learn that Helen is an engineer. We all, we've already got enough hints. They don't directly say, and Wells, my husband, who has passed away, was an engineer. But we know that her husband, or do we get, I wondered this actually while I was making the notes, do we get confirmation that they are married in any way? Does she say husband? It, there is a ring that she has on and that okay. takes she, off she, symbolically. She, At the does, least she does say my husband at one point. Oh, good. Sure. Okay. I'm pretty certain. Because I, I was fine with it just being yeah. partner. It doesn't matter either yeah. which way. But Either way, our first and maybe most obvious trope, I think, so far, which is the uh, handsome engineer. Yeah. The engineer always saves the day in these time travel films. Mm. She is, and she's an engineer. The husband is an engineer. We see Wells in a flashback perfectly. I think, I think Alex is also an engineer. Is he not handsome guy? Alex is, is to... sat at. Listen, Alex is a desk jockey. I'm not willing to give it. He didn't even finish university. <laughs> Based on every scrap of dialogue in this movie, I'm gonna. I'm not. I don't want to get on the soapbox just yet. But I'm looking at the soapbox and I'm preparing myself because <laughs> Alex. I'm. He hasn't finished any degrees okay he, the open university he was closed are you are you angry at alex or are you angry at zach at this point scott <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know who i'm angry at is, is diego halimus yeah because i had a little perusal at his filmography he's made uh three movies there was one after this and one before this alex's actor is the only one who's come forward from the last movie. So he acted with him in the previous one, and now he's making this new one with Linda Hamilton and Lindsay Fonseca from uh, How I Met Your Mother fame. What little oh, yeah, fame also there, true. there is. Oh, I didn't know she was in that. She's the daughter in the like opening sequences. Oh. James told me earlier on, and I was like, oh, oh that's why she looks so familiar. Yeah. I thought it was Alexandra Daddario for like a good hour yeah. of this movie because there's there's a little bit of overlap there mm-hmm. and, and kind of they're pitching similar projects. You know, like this is the Baywatch of time travel films. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't clip that. <laughs> Never clip that clip. <laughs> I don't want that clipped ever. I don't want that sent to anyone involved with this movie. The Baywatch of, the do you Baywatch know? of time travel movies. Importantly, though, you're right. That Diego decided to bring one actor forward from his previous film, and it was... Zach Avery. He'd have been my Why? choice. I don't want to rag on Zach too much. I'm sure he's a perfectly good actor now. Like, credit to him. We all, you know, I've had some bad performances in me. 100%. I'm not an actor at all, but I've done many things badly in my life. Like, I've driven bad drives. And that's the first thing I think of, <laughs> is I've driven bad drives. Oh, we... I've shopped bad shops. I've gone to Tesco's before uh-huh. and not used the club card. You've like, hosted bad sure. podcasts. Have, it's oh, fine. Yeah. Don't cut you me have. deep. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Let's not hit me. <laughs> the last real bit of this film, we got... I meant to mention earlier on with the coffee. The coffee is a little time travel touchstone. Like it's just a little thing that later on they use to just illustrate some some time travel has happened. And another sort of little time travel touchstone right now is that Professor Florence, Professor Flo, gives her... Proflo. Proflo. <laughs> you just, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you I mean, shouldn't have said that because that's it now. Proflow, which is an unfortunate medication, I believe. For, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, no. For, um, mm. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> Proflow gives Helen a key to the lab and just, this is the time travel touchstone. She gives her a key to the lab and says, you know, come, come by, build some, build some stuff for fun. So we know she has the key moving forward. That, yeah. That's it. Now, I would like to, at this point, mention. Just mention, I will circle back around to this bad boy, that this scene with Linda Hamilton Esquire lasts 
one minute and 36 seconds. Okay, that's it. I'm just going to mention it. It's okay. a one minute, 36 seconds that she's, she, that whole thing with her. And she's not on screen the whole time. Okay. They don't show her. She's not, you know, her face isn't there. There's shots from behind. They, you know, could have maybe even feasibly had a body double if they wanted to with a very good wig. But it's one minute and 36 seconds. Okay. Key in hand, Helen heads back home and we get the first of, well, not really the first because the movie opened like this, but it's, it's, you know, another big sort of slow, dramatic moment in the bedroom. There's a lot of sort of tense grim music like grim's maybe the wrong word but sort of foreboding music it's kind of ominousy music it's a bit like a horror film at this point i thought like you know the, she's walking down and i understand the emotional kind of side thing of well it's the looming dread of going back into the marital bedroom after her husband has died it's you know i i, I totally get all of that but just before you actually see the payoff that oh it's well it's just the marital bedroom not just but you know it does feel like, oh, what's she gonna what's she gonna find out? What's gonna happen? Is it, you know, is there gonna be, you know, is there going to be a horror based payoff? Yeah, I don't think we've realized at this point. We know she slept on the sofa. It's like, is that just a normal occurrence? I don't think we realize at this point, oh, the whole point behind that is she doesn't want to go back into the bedroom. There, there was a moment that actually pulled me out of the movie a little bit when she pokes her head into the bedroom here. I just thought it was a bit weird. There's a pair of shoes on a side table. No shoes on the table. And I just thought that was an odd thing to use as like a reference. Do you know what I mean? Like, like who keeps their shoes on the side table? It's a bit it's Americans like, it's are weird like... with shoes in general because they'll get yeah. on a sofa with shoes. I you see felt... it all the time in, in I don't want to like, it's not like a, this, I don't want this to become the How Weird Are Americans podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you always see it in TVs and movies, yeah. like people just getting onto beds and getting onto things with like perfectly, you know, the underside of your shoe is not clean, friend. Yeah, why are you standing on a sofa and jumping I, up and down with your shoes on? The on. End table. Disgusting. Yeah, I guess it's probably because later on she finds something that probably would have been on a side table, but it's more meaningful later on. So we'll probably come back. Uh, to that, that might I be a good point. And then boom, we get this sort of like moment of of graphic and moment of sort of very fast editing. We see a glowing halo, some rolling clouds, or or like osmosisy stuff. Like osmosis. I, I thought it was maybe like an iris zoomed in close. I immediately thought, oh, that's a black hole. It's it looks like an event horizon. It's definitely the same. When that computer image of the black yeah. hole came out years and years ago, and but then obviously the modern version, it's definitely that. Because it's that kind of swirling stuff. I, I also thought I... I also thought it's like an Possibly. iris. That's it reminded me of, do you remember those um, Metallica covers they did where it was just zoomed in photos of oh, like yeah. urine and blood, mm. but they didn't tell anyone until, you know, people had bought the album yeah. cover and yeah. were like, oh my God, it looks so good. What is this surrealist painting? It's, it's like, just some P&B, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered at this point, we see this kind of flickering effect happening. And usually when we get this in moments, we're just coming off the back of... of the girl who leapt through time, where when you get these moments of a normal scene is happening at a normal pace and then all of a sudden, whoosh, there's big graphics, there's big change visually, there's big change sound-wise and we get a much sort of faster, choppier editing because stuff is happening. I usually then immediately, I, I did immediately think, oh, okay, so time travel? So time travel right now? She's t This is the time traveling graphic, as it were. And I don't think it is in as much as, like, she is, but what, granted what we find out later on about how she time travels and what we find out about the way in which, and, and the fact that this scene happens again and again, but, spoiler, she only time travels the one time. So this graphic thing is not linked to 
time travel, right? I think it's, it's like the amnesia graphic. As much as, I, I mean, I think the black hole's there to signify the time travel, but I think it's very much a, this is the graphic she sees in her own head because her memories have been wiped as a result of the time travel. Yeah, I, I, I felt a bit like that. I felt like kind of maybe this is what she sees when she time travels and it's like a, it's like a something in her head trying to process it almost. So she's she's got this kind of like view of this black hole and maybe that's partly to do with the time travel. But Well, spoiler, when she does travel at the end, she just vanishes. She's yeah. just lying just a, in a box. It's just, just a blink. Yeah. yeah. The, the whole, the fact that they show her Glowing white light on her face, yeah. eyelids underneath, uh, sorry, eyes underneath the eyelids flickering at a mad rate. There's a lot of sensory stuff. And we've, again, we've seen before movies that literally in will just throw stuff at, uh, at a wall and say, oh, time travel's happening. Look at all this stuff thrown to a wall. Mm-hmm. But it did throw me off as to like exactly what's happening, especially because it gets followed up straight away with her. You get an upside down shot of her, you know, oh, things are not what you know. Things are not as hunky-dory as when you saw her wake up earlier on and the camera was the right way up. Look at me ragging on cinematic techniques like I know anything. Um, Camera is the wrong way around. We see her wake up. She's confused. She doesn't know what's going on. We're getting those strong, as you said, amnesia vibes. We don't know at this point that it's amnesia, but you're getting the the full sense of confusion and what's going on for sure. It's a classic time travel trope here, though, with the waking up immediately after time travel or sleeping through your time travel. And then obviously the transition, because we've just seen it go from night to day. So it's a good time to be like, oh, obviously some time has passed. Something a bit weird's gone on here. Followed up very quickly with another uh, trope we know as a good friend of the Time Travel Film Club, the the pivotal phone call. Now, this one admittedly is not, I will say, as pivotal as one later on down the line. But we still have a phone call where something is awry, let's say. Now we start to sort of pick up pace. The the, the movie, you know, what is a a very slow movie in in very many parts. (laughs) Does start to pick up pace in this moment. The phone call, uh, uh, there is a female on the other line and, you know, it's get out quickly. There is a uh, guy coming in a black BMW. He's going to pull up very soon. He's going to try and uh, uh, talk to you. Just don't let him get you. You need to get out of here very quickly. And uh, Helen's doing the usual, like, whoa, whoa, I don't, wait, how do you, what's going on? Now I got a real Matrix feel to this. You know, when Morpheus is directing Neo out of the building and the agents are coming in, it's Mm. very like black BMW turns up, guy in a suit gets out. Out. you need to do as i'm telling you go now do this do that it was very like like i imagine they drew a lot off of off of that as a kind of big sequence in the matrix so. the only difference being in the matrix there's at least several times they're using mobile phones this is not a mobile phone she uses no. and yet she gets quite some distance from the house and i don't know about you but my landline doesn't but, do the next room yeah if i go into the next room it's gone I think the problem for me is, and I think this is probably the problems for the the problem the filmmaker had, is that my mind is just coded now. You see a phone and you think, go anywhere with it. It's a mobile. Mobile, cellular phone is the default as opposed to an exception. So when I see someone walking wherever the hell they want with with a phone... The only point in my mind when I would be like, what's up here is if she went underground because you can't get reception. So, and, and it may well be that that is the botch that slips past all of the editors and the filmmakers because they're all cool young people yeah. like me. It's true. Yeah. I mean, mm, I think they do. Well. Thanks for letting me just get away with that. Yeah, yeah. Well. yeah. Thanks. I think they do kind of have her voice crackle a little bit as if to be like, oh, maybe she's not in the range. But even then it's outside several houses down. As I said, with the mystery phone callers aid helen is capable of escaping where are we at right now with i say we i say where are we at where where am i at lads (laughs) um where where are we at right now in terms of 
what we think is going on in terms of do we think she has time traveled? Uh, who did you have any assumptions about who the helper may be on the end of the phone? Did you uh, anything I, I like that? I immediately thought, oh, that's her. Yeah, I think so. I was like, oh, she's sounds, got, she's got to have time traveled. It's the same actress with she the same do, voice. Yeah, <laughs> then she doesn't do the Batman like voice over the top or anything. She's, she's not just trying like, to cup her hand or no, anything. She's no. just speaking directly. Yeah. Hello, this is me again. You, you know your and, own voice. And we also know by now not to trust phone calls to the main character in a time travel movie <laughs> yeah. as well. It's just that's just what happens. True, we are we are wise. And to, to, talking of wise again, for my understanding of the film, let's establish right now. Okay, though, so we have our Helen, the Helen mm-hmm. we know. The Helen we love, <laughs> the, you know, just Strong the words. Helen that we're we're okay with. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have our Helen, and we have this external Helen on the mm. end of the phone. Okay, yeah. I'm going to call her external Helen. Those are our, our our two Helens right now. We 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 feel good and wise, even even in first viewing that this is Helen. I know we've all watched it multiple times, so we know the uh, the second time round. But even upon first viewing, it's just it's Helen's actress with the same voice. So it's it's another Helen. Our Helen, external Helen, and crucially, our Helen is dumb. She is she's not. I'm not being mean. She's dumb, and external Helen is wise. Which is the first time I think we've seen in any time travel film where the time traveler has less knowledge than the non-time traveler, because external Helen's never time traveled. She's the one who knows everything. Oh. It's only time traveled Helen who hasn't got a clue what's going on because of the amnesia. And so external Helen is giving our Helen directions and advice because she's experienced all of this before? No, because she is just nearby. She can She's hiding behind a car. Plus, she knows more than obviously she's letting on at this stage, doesn't she? Well, so that, I, that's the reason she's. You are speaking so richly to my confusion with what is going because oh, I didn't actually, realize. No, maybe I'm wrong. I haven't. I didn't realize until way too late that I thought, why is external Helen? Why does she know what's going on if she hasn't lived it out? Yeah, because she doesn't. She's just lucky. Okay. All right. All right. Let's put a pin in it there. We're going to come right back to this mess because there's there's you know there's layers to this again. It's it's. It's when external Helen and our Helen mix that there becomes like, you know, hot, fiery mess. Mm. I think we do know as well. You, you asked, do we know if there's any time travel that's happened here? We do see, obviously, the growth in the coffee, which is a bit weird. The green like mold growing in there. But also when she exits um, past the front door, there's four newspapers at least on the ground. Ah, uh, yeah. So we have to assume that there's a minimum of four days that have passed, maybe six. Uh... And she's she she very quickly thereafter she's just barefoot walking the streets and picks out uh, a news a newspaper again. They love focusing on her dirty feet. By the way, they love newspapers. As well. We've also got something a bit weird going on here, which is in her mind, she is now a week in the future from when she last remembers. But we will later find out she hasn't time-travelled to the future. She's time-travelled from 36 hours from now back to this moment. So again, there's the time-travel gets all mixed up in your head here. Where you it's think, an intentional entanglement yeah. to lead us with, you've been gone for a week, and to then uh, thinking that there might have been some forward propulsion in mm-hmm. her travel. Exactly. To then, you know, and I, I get the reveal of, you know, well, no, she was actually going back, but they don't reveal it to you. They don't make a, hab- a thing of saying, oh, I thought I went forward and now I've gone back, or anything close to that. It just... 
confuses the audience to have to go to the length of when she, as I said, barefoot in the street, picks out the newspaper from the trash and it says that the date is now Friday, June 2nd, 2017. So a week has gone by in terms of us seeing dates on newspapers at the least. So the total amount of time that travels, sorry, time that passes in this film is eight and a half days. We only get to witness the first day when she kind of, we discover all the things about her, and then the final 36 hours. Yeah. But eight and a half days have passed. I had to watch this movie one and a half times to to realise that. (laughs) I'm still confused by it, and I watched it full (laughs) twice. We find out really quickly that Krav is is indeed in league with Thomas, uh, and uh, switching back over to Helen, seeking answers, barefoot walking through the streets, she seeks out her good chum, Alex, from work for some assistance. Hobbling up to his apartment, uh, Alex is of a... He is of an acquired taste in this moment, mm. shall we say. If that taste is turds. If that taste is, I've had some shrooms and I wasn't prepared for summer from work to come round on one of our days off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I man. got really, in my head, I immediately knew what Alex reminded me of. He is a cross between Shaggy from Scooby-Doo <laughs> oh. and Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah. You yeah. put cool. those two together yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have Alex. And take out all redeeming qualities, I oh, would argue, as it's well. It's a non-ironic version of both of those characters. <laughs> My note for this was, Alex, that is all. <laughs> His, I, In many ways, genuinely, I feel for the actor. Because the scripting for Alex's part is nothing more than just very vanilla line after line after line. There's no kind of room to... to, to innovate or or create something different within them it's just you need so in this moment according to the dialogue and i just want you to deliver the dialogue verbatim you are to say to her where have you been are you okay what is wrong and deliver those three lines boom 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 without Mm. any sort of like conversationalism i think you're exactly right what what i wrote down because i i wrote this down at the time i was so interested in how he'd done this so wrong was it's like he's ignoring all of his surroundings and anything that she does. It's like he's recording it in a sound booth and has yeah. no idea what she's up to. Have you seen, there's a Doctor Who episode where he has to record, it's the Weeping Angels episode, yeah. where he has to record something not knowing what the other person's doing because it's on a videotape. Mm. That was what it felt like he was doing. It's like like he when you didn't see people know how to react act, to, act to CGI, like you know they're just acting to a floating tennis ball. Yeah, but... like I thought like, maybe she wasn't even there for these sequences and they were like just read your lines one after another but leave a gap in between no, she's not linda hamilton she yeah, is yeah. Uh... Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> Lindsay Fonseca? as we mentioned Lindsay, amnesiac in this moment she realizes by talking to alex he says you know you've just been gone for like a week uh, uh no one's heard from you what's going she gets a full realization of just how much memory she is missing and it was at this more uh, at this moment that I sort of glommed onto amnesia and the fact that we've had amnesia in two movies so far of the of the six that we've covered, three when you when you add this we had uh, light amnesia where in ARQ when yeah. he, when he wakes up and he just has no idea what's going on yet he has time travelled, uh, and we also have uh, the jacket a movie which like deals with lack of memory as a very strong through current you know hmm. I my my sort of feeling about this sequence was Alex makes that point about saying well, you've been gone for a whole week at no point nobody checked on her it's sad like uh it's she's, a, like, she's just lost her husband I know and and, and nobody thought to check I on think, her for well, a week all they say is like we checked the cabin and we checked her apartment 
That's it. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, and, and, uh, and what do you mean we, bro? Like, she's she's in dire straits and yeah. she's come to the guy who works opposite her <laughs> at the office like she might not have any any family there's a, i mean there is a strong culture of that in america because of the the distances people have to travel for work and for university and all that kind of stuff so she might not have any immediate family there but like alex if you are her best friend right now and she's turned up at your house uh probably at what's like 11 o'clock in the morning but you're behaving like it's 4 p.m in the afternoon because you've probably just woken up from from like a weed high she must not have many friends and it is kind of sad as you said you know she doesn't get checked for a week it is sad amongst many sad things in this film seeking answers helen and uh, with alex in tow the the robin to her batman <laughs> um <laughs> they head to the cabin uh what did you guys catch helen's uh explanation for like why they own the cabin something about hunting and there's no people and lots of deer Less people, more deer, better for hunting. That's her explanation when when Alex asks why. Um, her delivery of this line is like she's like it's a wives' tale to her. Like it's like red sky at night, shepherd's delight. Like less people, more hunting, more slaughter, loads of death, tons of blood. <laughs> I, I almost thought it was a bit like when you, if you imagine a Viking had stepped into the modern day. Yeah. Less people, more deer, good yeah. for hunting. <laughs> when uh... when they, when she says we're going to the cabin, I picture this sort of like cabin in the woods where deer would be. It's just like it's on the house. main road. It's just a house on a road. As well. It's just like you can yeah. see the main road from the front window. A cabin doesn't have a garage. No. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> now, of course, Alex, if you'd asked the proper question, uh, hey, why 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 do you have this ranch? Why, you know, oh, well, Alex, uh, the answer is because I need to explain why I can fire a gun. I haven't, uh, there's no other reason why. And it's like, shh horn-shooed into this moment really inelegantly. There's a lot of like weird dialogue-y horn-shoeing in this moment because you've got Alex, <laughs> the second that she's done... Shoe-horning. Shoe-horning? That's how you... Horn-shoeing. Horn-shoeing. Did I say shoe... Oh. No, 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 you said you, you said, said horn-shoeing. Horn it's shoe-horning. <laughs> shoe Is it shoe-horning? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you tried to put a horn in a shoe... I was going to let you carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, no, good, 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 good catch. <laughs> Alex very quickly after this ends up saying and it's again just kind of like read out the dialogue to explain the moment uh, it's uh, Helen I understand you want to do things your way but we need to get you help I don't know why you're being so weird today do you do you not <laughs> do you not Alex do you not well. she's bleeding she's turned up at your house and she's she's mumbling about time travel mm -hmm. like you, you and her husband's recently killed himself if, if someone arrives at your door barefoot and mumbling about time travel there's only two possibilities one time travel two methamphetamine that's it <laughs> definitely talking of methamphetamine we get the you know the, another one zoomed in osmosis -y, black hole have you taken a drugs are your irises dilated can i flash a light in them what are you doing by the side of the road <laughs> officer <laughs> i haven't done anything time I'm not pulling from any memory, I <laughs> yes, promise. Very, very. That, <laughs> that sounded that really very too, specific. too real. Yeah, yeah. But this is, in line with what you said, and I didn't realise this at the time, I just genuinely fobbed off these moments and said, they'll, they'll, they'll explain themselves to me at the end, which they never do, but it's totally in line with what you said about them being amnesia moments, or rather than being memory retrieval uh, montages. Uh, this is uh, because she immediately, and this is where, as I mentioned, we get the confirmation that rather than her husband just dying, her husband killed himself. There were hints to it over the course of the opening of the movie, but we we get the very unfortunate graphic of of him in the garage and and the set. Something that will it, it's not just needless. There is a there is a point to this. It'll it'll pay off later. Um, but again, one of these more sort of somber, slow times and. 
genuinely, I know we both felt, we all, we all felt this, that for a movie that's only one hour 30, even at this stage, there are so many slow, long, long oh, moments. So like, I, I think so I wrote down many. 90 minutes, so many of them slow. I think ev- every scene is five to ten seconds too long it is you're right it's not like it's just it's just people looking and the looks a little bit too long yeah. or the words take a little bit too long to come out it, the pacing's just way off it just doesn't feel right at all it'd be so much be- better as like one episode of the x-files or one yeah. episode of fringe or something like that you mentioned that like the girl the girl who traveled through time last episode adam you mentioned that uh that had been done as an episode of something Mm. of an anthology series in that regard and so like yeah Yeah. this story could totally fit those parameters but to kind of to what's the word stock up to plump up plump up to plump up your one hour 30 uh movie with these kind of like this slowness i get the b track of grief i really do but like I came for time travel, <laughs> I I came <laughs> I to the wrong theater, maybe <laughs> as it turned out. Yeah. Um, straight away following uh, zoomed in osmosis time, we get a uh, uh, black Volkswagen pulling up to the to the cabin. Uh, we don't see the driver. Pulls up, eerie, ominous. You know what's going on here, kind of thing, and then immediately swerves off and drives off. My first thought, what a love letter to German engineering. This uh, They love a good German car in this. Because it was a pointed reference. I didn't get the Matrix reference uh, when mm. I was watching this, but I'm glad you mentioned it to yeah. me because otherwise the fact that they pointedly mentioned there's a black BMW pulling up. It could have just yeah. been a black car, but you mentioned it's a BMW and BMW are not sponsoring this movie. So you've if... only mentioned it as a Matrix nod. That's why you didn't mention this VW because it's got no thing to it. But for my purposes, I'm now just tracking the fact that you love a German whip. (laughs) So then we get the pivotal phone call number two, the one I was alluding to earlier on, the one that I think is is a bit more pivotal because Helen, in thinking as, you know, Alex says to her, hey, that was that was definitely your car. So Helen thinks, oh, well, maybe she's starting to buy into the idea that maybe it's another Helen. Great. You're catching up with us, Helen. Fantastic. She grabs Alex's phone and rings herself. Why I wasn't tracking why her phone wouldn't ring. Did she leave her phone in the house when she escaped? Like, she why must, does she the phone... must have done? Because she has the house phone when she escapes, doesn't she? Yeah, you're right. She does... We well, don't see her. Why does she phone. not have her phone? Because present Helen has her phone. Well, because external Helen has the phone. Maybe. Because would she not? If external Helen didn't have the phone in her pocket when she travelled through time to become our Helen, then she wouldn't have the phone on her, would she? I see what you mean. Yeah, our Helen was external Helen at some point. So I see, because I was confused when you said external Helen. I thought like, no, no, it's our Helen who's the one who's time traveled. But she would have had to be external Helen to travel to become exactly. our Helen. Exactly. Did you did you catch the name uh, of the person who's ringing her, by the way, oh, on, on her mobile phone screen? I didn't on this scene. I did on the first scene where it said on the mobile phone, you see it says calling home. Yeah. And that's when you realize this, obviously it's This her. time it says Phillips. So... My theory on it all is, and I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, I think Wells is his first name. I think their name is Phillips. I think they're Helen and Wells Phillips. Oh, no. Wells is absolutely Be- not a first name. Because you know it's exterior Helen calling. Yeah. Presumably on her mobile phone. And when it shows up on the phone we're now looking at, it says Phillips. Another interesting little tidbit about it is... Um, usually when they're doing phone calls in films, they will use um, uh, 555 as the start of the number because that number doesn't exist in America. 
the when they when they did this phone call, it's an actual number for Ella. <laughs> and the, there was a woman who just kept getting calls while they were doing oh, these like nightmare. practices. Oh no! So, yeah, yeah. So it's just some it's woman. It's not even in a LA company or anything like that. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's it's still very vague at this point. But I didn't get the Phillips thing, and then I was like, well, their name must be Phillips. She must be Helen Phillips. That must be their married name. I wrote at this point, she keeps referring to her son by surname. Son? To her son. To her husband, sorry. By surname. By surname. Her own husband. Like, that as is if so she'd weird. Say, so I, I, think, I think he's Wells Phillips. As someone who went by their surname for the majority of their early life, mm-hmm. my wife stopped calling me my surname when we got married. Mm. Because... because it was just weird at that point. It's now her. Yeah. <laughs> she is also Donnelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, just a, a weird thing that I... What really threw me in this moment is that the external Helen on the phone asks Alex, are you with her? Are you with her right now? Okay. So external Helen, who we right now think is the present day's Helen. She is the Helen of this, of of the way, you know, the timeline is meant to happen. Our Helen that we know is time traveler Helen. She was in this moment chronologically, but she has moved through this moment and come back to redo it. Yes, I'm looking for approval because I so, need. <laughs> so the Helen who is uh, who is on the phone has not yet time travelled, and so yes. the current Helen has made this phone call but has no recollection that she ever did it. So yeah. how does the Helen on the phone know of our Helen's existence? Because when she rocks up in the car, we assume it's a, we do know it's her car that rocks up to the cabin. Yes, she obviously sees herself standing on the driveway and goes, "Oh look." That's me standing there, and there's Alex behind me. And so that is the moment where she would have realised, I must time travel in the future. Well, I know, I think she must have seen herself in her own house at the very start of the film, because when she says there's a black BMW coming, she must be literally watching herself through the window. And she, she says someone changed the coffee, so she was in the house and would it, have seen herself lying unconscious on the bed? I, I almost want to say what probably happened is she was in the house, sitting around, you know, minding her own business, waiting for herself to appear to see if the time travel worked. She appeared on the sofa and she went, that's worked, I better get outside. And is then waiting and watching to see what happens. Yeah, I, that's a good theory. It's it's very, it's very muddled. I mean, presumably, Helen, exterior Helen, is turning up at the house for a different reason altogether. And they're there. already there. And she's like, oh, oh I better drive off then. Because yeah. I can't interact with myself. Yeah, I think she's probably. You're thinking probably right. She's probably rocked up. Which we, I think you find out about, a reason why in a second. But well, we talked about earlier that exterior Helen seems to have all this knowledge, and should she have this knowledge because she hasn't time travelled yet? And I think this proves no, she doesn't have the knowledge because she turns up here and goes, "Ah, oh, I did come here then, I guess." And there uh, I am. Well, I mean, I'll just remember that I've left all that stuff in there, so she should be able to work out what's going on from now. And then when the phone call comes through, she's like. Are you with her? Which she knows she is yeah. because she's just seen them through the door. So there's a difference. Again, please correct me if I'm wrong. But, uh, by the way, love that we're calling her exterior, exterior. Helen. <laughs> Do we call her something different earlier? External. External. Sorry, I called her. I just, it's because I she's just not in. Fine. She's yeah, not she's in. A, she, yeah. She's on the exterior. So outside of the premises, Helen. Um... <laughs> <laughs> exterior Helen has no idea what the Helen that she sees through the window or the, she drives up and sees on the driveway is going to do. She has no idea. She just has to have pure guesswork and luck. The only Helen who could have any clue is the one that we follow through the film, but she doesn't have a clue because she has amnesia. 
I buy like I 100% buy everything you're saying and I like I I understand it. I'm almost like I'm left in this chasm of of doubt as to whether like is it me? Is it the movie? Is it the movie? Is and, uh, it me? It's not what it is is we've been conditioned through years of time travel films for the one who knows everything to be the time traveler. Yeah. And it makes sense that they would know everything because they're a time traveler. However, this film has kind of flipped it on its head, which is nice in that the time traveller knows nothing, and so the smarter character should know more, but has no uh, reason to have experienced it. So all she's really doing is, again, it's not so much guesswork as she's literally just watching through the window and going, oh, look, there's the BMW rocking up. Okay, as soon as he looks like he's going to walk left, I'll tell her to run. Okay, he's going, run. And so that's the only reason why she seems to have this extra knowledge is she's just literally watching. The the director in that interview that we were, I was reading a bit from earlier <laughs> also said his prep for writing a time travel or working on a time travel movie was to just watch those time travel movies and then do something different. So this is very similar and I think that's why it's so confusing because it's just a few things that are flipped around that are different to other movies I can, and I, I can appreciate it like genuinely because as you said we're, we're, we're conditioned to think that the time traveller is going to have all the knowledge this time traveller traveler absolutely doesn't and then in addition it just it feels so bizarre and every time I think back on, on this it feels so bizarre to me that the the Helen that is in the present not our one that we've followed for this movie she's a time traveler now she's already done this and she's back she's lip she's in the same time so i know referring to her as in present helen is not helpful but our helen and external helen it feels just so crazy to me that external helen exhibits wise behavior but not because she's a time traveler yeah just because she is ad-libbing in the moments yeah Yeah. and like if the movie is intentionally trying to confuse me and trying to get me to be like who's the time traveler here then congratulations you succeeded but you succeeded to the point where i didn't enjoy myself (laughs) in any way completely understandable you know what i mean because it just uh, fundamentally i was just like i think i'm wrong and then i kept watching kept watching and the payoff comes and you're like okay so i wasn't wrong i was kind of right but the ways in which i might have been wrong are because the movie has either left stuff out or has thought i would understand this bit and it just you know it's it's kind of crazy i don't want to i don't want to dwell too much on it after a couple of watches the timeline is as far as i can tell Friday, day one, which is the 26th of May, Helen, at some point after she's had all these meetings with robotics expert uh, Florence, goes, I think what I need to do is break into the facility and blow up the time machine. So she then spends, we assume, one whole week deciding all the things she needs to do, preparing things, buying explosives, blah, 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 blah. Then it gets to day seven when all of a sudden in her house, she appears and she goes, right, this is it now. I've got 36 hours and from this moment until when I'm going to time travel. I need to try and guide myself just to keep myself alive after the events. It's not to ensure I time travel. It's just to keep myself alive after the events. And then I need to go and blow up the time machine. And then it becomes, oh, actually, I can use myself as a distraction later on to get into the building. And on day 8.5, I will travel back to day seven and I will live out those moments that I've just watched. Sweet Jesus. Great. I mean, thank you, James. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad say? one of us was yeah. following. <laughs> and it, uh, like, 
does this one hour, 30 minute kind of gloomy film feel like something that has that level of like complexity or intricacy in it? You it know? doesn't feel like it should. It feels it, mismatched. It is al- it's almost its own type of time travel movie, this. Anyway, it, we can come back to that later. Uh, it, it would this be interesting, might be. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see this done again another yeah. way. And then to confirm all this theory, I think the very next moment we see in the film is that uh, Thomas is interviewing someone who has no memory. Um, I think we we probably learn that he's a soldier who has no memory of what he's been doing for up to a week before the experiment, um, including what's referred to as the 36-hour loop. So that would tie up perfectly with this. Yeah. A week before was the Friday the 26th. This is now Friday the 2nd. So that makes perfect sense. And then obviously the 36-hour loop, this person is currently going through that 36-hour loop and has no memory of what happened in those events. So that, again, ties in perfectly with what we think is happening with Helen here. And we follow that scene up straight away with Helen and Alex. And and she's in the middle of a convincer chat with Alex, just trying to explain to him, no, 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 Wells did time travel. I'm, I I already know about it. I understand it. And she starts, she then tells him about the 36 hour amnesia. And thank God she knows about it because if she didn't know about the amnesia, then it makes all of the actions of external Helen and a lot of the actions of our Helen just completely redundant. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, uh, because I know we talk a lot about physics and science. There was a bit of a joke that back when the Manhattan Project was going on and all the the kind of men were working on the project, because it was mostly men, that actually the greatest security risk was when all their wives were having tea together. Because, of course, (laughs) the only people who would tell their secrets to would be their wives. They get to the stage where they realise, you know, we need to find some clues. There's going to be something in this cabin with some answers. This is the last place that that H.G. Wells was. I was just going to call him (laughs) by his full name, H.G. Wells. And in searching, Helen finds a massive box with a massive rifle in it. And the uh, the combo to the box is is our first date. It's Helen and Wells' first I, date. I, I'm so sick of password security in movies being... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it was, it was our first date. You could work that out. Like Anyone could work that out. Do you know what I mean? Out. Like, it's so, like, oh, just... It, I, wrote, I wrote it down as a point because I was like, every single movie I've ever seen that's like, somebody leaves something for them to unlock with a password security. It's like, oh, it was the day we got our first dog or... It's just absolute nonsense. I, I think there's something a little bit worse here from me personally so watching her type that code in as far as i can tell <laughs> the, the password is either one two three four five six seven eight nine along the top and then bottom you know like a, like on a telephone yeah. or it's the opposite of that it might be nine eight seven blah 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 yeah based on both of those the most likely numbers it looks like she pressed were one two three five four six or i suppose it could have been nine eight seven five six four either way those neither of those are dates, unless it's the year forty six. Well, they met in nineteen forty six, James. I mentioned that earlier. It's a time travel movie. Now, one of the things that I always love to see in a good time travel movie, and we don't have one in this, unfortunately, and we didn't get one last time round in in Girl Who Travelled, Girl Who Girl Who Travelled, Girl Who Leapt Through Time, is a juicy time diagram. I, I you know, the the club has been has been slacking uh, lately. The closest thing we get to it is that after stumbling upon the rifle, she stumbles upon a chalkboard with some, you know, general science-y, equation-y stuff on it. And it's while not uh, uh, any kind of descriptor of time travel, it is kind of fairly plot-heavy because immediately she's like, you know, no fucking way. And, well, and it I, looks a little bit like it could be like an alternate dimension time travel I, diagram. I was expecting it to be 
oh, this is how he discovered time travel, and he just left the information but, on the chalkboard. But I would have hated if that happened. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, me too. I don't want to give the movie um, too much credit, but did you catch the insect in this moment? I did, and I, cheeky ladybird. Only caught it because of what we talked about. Yeah, last it's, week. it's weird. Now I, I part of me wants to go back. Now I don't want to watch them all again. Well, if he but... said, if the director said he watched a bunch of time travel films yeah. you're right he would have watched a girl who the, uh, the girl who left through time and it's it's a real like obvious moment it's and it's a, as she choice, discovers it? something yeah in it yeah. you know it is it is a really weirdly poignant moment that i missed the first two times round. that i just this time around i went oh my a ladybird if if we hadn't have watched girl who left through time first you would have just thought oh it's a cabin in the woods there's bound to be they're different. just going for more moody tranquility yeah. right yeah yeah now, the equation on the chalkboard is, uh, I'm, I'm going to read this. This is uh, the mathematical description of the optimal frame rate of a video camera. This is part of a game that Dear Helen and game. Wells... A game. <laughs> a game. <laughs> this is part of a game that Helen and Wells uh, play together where they write down equations that are meant to describe physical events and the, uh, therein be a clue to a physical object. So if they described a baseball being thrown, the clue is baseball and you should be looking for a baseball or in their game just guessing baseball. And so the mathematical equation on the board is for a video camera's frame rate and so the clue is is video camera right it would be like me going scott do you know what i think we should have for dinner tonight <laughs> i think we should have a squared plus b squared equals c squared and yeah. then you go in oh doritos i love doritos <laughs> <laughs> i'm only guessing salt <laughs> that's it <laughs> do you want me to eat Not salt again is this, salt. is this it <laughs> um over or under the weird game in 41 Ooh. Uh, not as fun. I mean, <laughs> not guys, everyone can do, play it. Do we admit that we have played the game from 41? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we do. We do. Several Sounds times. Like, yeah, yeah. I, like I don't mind it. It was a good movie. I don't know. <laughs> Just sneak that in. <laughs> At this point, I was wondering, and I can only assume that she, she was wondering, where is Linda Hamilton right now? What's she doing? I mean, not the character, but where's the actress? Oh. You know, well, I, I came for, for the Linda Hamilton of it all and some time travel, which the, it's been light on as well. Can I just say? <laughs> there are a few films out there that like to advertise their, their big main cast on the covers. This is one of them. And then not have them a lot in the film. I yeah. mean, a, a lot of people complained with Godzilla. Brian Cranston was all over the marketing yeah. and, and he's only really in the first half hour. Yeah. Note that I say the first half hour. Linda Hamilton has been in this for one a minute, minute. One minute, 36 30 seconds, seconds thus so far. far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get a brief switch over to Kravis. He's hot on Helen's tail. He doesn't realise that it's the wrong Helen. It's not the Helen he should be chasing uh, uh, or at least not the Helen he saw he tried to invade the home of. The Helen he did invade the home of, right? You're right. You've just pointed something out that I don't think I'd realised. Oh, no. He's following <laughs> oh, Helen. My, that's what I thought. I thought oh, oh, God. Oh, no. no, James. No, no, no. <laughs> We've started it's pulling fine. the thread. It's, it's fine, unraveling it's James's theory. <laughs> He's following Helen because of a number plate recognition and so they go oh she's going to the cabin and just so happened to stumble across Helen but not that one who is at the cabin yeah that's a I didn't I quite spot like that. I quite like it that like you would there's two Helens and if you're tailing a Helen you're going to either go after her by her cell phone or by her car that's mm -hmm. good logic very yeah, good yeah, logic yeah. and she has both mm. right now yeah. so you you've logically ended up at the at the bomb creator in a yeah. hardware store yeah I wish the movie made it, it settled itself in either one of two departments. Either 
completely hide this other person from us, which they can't do because he said he's chasing Helen. So if he says he's chasing Helen and we know that it's uh, uh, we as the audience, we know that's another Helen. We know it's external Helen. She's wearing the same hoodie. The voice on the phone was exactly the same. Don't then just like hide her face. We know it's a Helen. So why are you going to the point of hiding her face? Are you do you still expect us or at least a portion of us as the, in the audience to think this might be someone else driving her car and yeah. ha- using her phone, a female voiced person wearing the same hoodie? It would be fine if she wasn't also yeah wearing exactly the same clothes and but you, you do point out maybe they couldn't show her driving the car because they were like oh we've only got the one camera at the moment we have to <laughs> film you'd have to run and get in the car and we'd have to film you there as well oh I, run over there uh, do you know what just film someone else in there linda hamilton's waiting in the canteen we've got that <laughs> scene to do now much as we are fully convinced there's another helen fortunately our helen the one we followed for the for the duration of the movie thus far god every time i have to refer to one of these helens it's a it's a <laughs> honestly we get a little bit of light chat in this moment from alex beacon of logic and wisdom in this movie as we know where he asks you know well this is after helen decides she wants to go after the other helen he asks what happens if you two are in the same place at the same time does does the universe collapse you know actually quite a salient question in this a moment common question in time travel yeah yeah uh, her reply god i hope not which i i actually <laughs> loved that moment of them going in a lot of films it's like okay we need to make a big deal if they can't meet or whatever whatever in this film they just go who knows which actually i really appreciate yeah, yeah yeah nice thank you alex thanks a lot great you, he he immediately phones Thomas and friends. Yeah. <laughs> the, Thomas the, and friends. The, the angriest trains, you know. <laughs> now the irate locomotives in question. Uh, they arrive, and they arrive. But g- good good news, Helen has both found a rifle, and we've been told she knows how to fire it because of all of the deers she slaughtered. One of whom skull she found the video camera in. So. She manages to flank them, splinter cell style. And then, like, additionally, I'm impressed with her. And then when she escapes, taking Alex with her, mistake, not impressed with that choice, but she's taken Alex with her. He is a snake. He's a fucking snake. (laughs) (laughs) I I have to point out, though, before we move on from here, that is a a woman who has not handled that firearm. Oh, my God. For all the hunting and killing of deer that she does with Wells that we've been told about, she Im- just immediately goes to pieces. she did it all with pistols? Yeah. She's, <laughs> she did she's all a, of the deer she's killing. She's a hand crossbow girl. She's a, yeah. Her what? trigger discipline's terrible. She ne- well, well, then again, Alex at one point says, you nearly shot him. No, it was about three feet wide, mate. <laughs> yeah, she didn't nearly shoot him. Yeah. This but- is another example of why it should have been Linda Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because she, she knows. She knows how to use that. Yeah, yeah. And then her final choice with the weapon is to shoot out the tires. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, wait. Just one tire just one. that takes maybe five minutes to fix. And so they are away shoot from them. Shoot the other three. Shoot the other. The first thing I thought was, why don't you shoot all the tires? He fixes or, it so and, quick. Like they least, are back on the road so I mean, quick. That was my next big point. I mean, they catch up to her fast. So quickly. but she's So not, fast. It's not like she's racing through town. She's quite casually driving. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not even joking. <laughs> How quickly could you change a tire? I reckon Pretty fast. I could do it in five minutes yeah, if I had to. Easy. The only time she drives over 30 is when she accelerates into a bend at 90. <laughs> yeah, she, she, says, she says something like, not not like this, or we're not going to do this, and then just crashes. Yeah, just, yeah exactly. It's, it's a car chase that lasts less than one street. 
always get angry on a straight. <laughs> That's what I've been saying. One of the, one of those points that jumped out at me was um, she she uh, obviously takes um, Kravitz's pistol, which he, he draws on her. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. Not, <laughs> damn it! I knew I was going to get his name wrong. Um, and they then speed off in the car. Um, when they have the car crash. This might just be something that I noticed because that's the sort of thing I'm looking for in these kind of movies. It's a different pistol when she Is gets it? out of the car. Yeah, it's just a different, completely different type of gun. Well, that explains a lot because I was going to comment that later on they're debating which direction she's gone. And I think, well, why didn't you just use your magic pistol tracking software again? But yeah. I didn't realize it was a different gun. Yeah, different gun. So I don't know whether it's intentional, whether it's an accident, but... I think it must be based on yeah. what happens later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, one of the things that Helen and Alex found after, you know, searching for clues, as we mentioned, inside the skull of a deer that they had slain was a video camera, password protected, the second password protected thing in this movie. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll be hard to guess this one, though. There's no way they'll be able to just guess no, this one. No, there's no way. So arriving to a CD motel room, uh, they decide, come on, let's, you know, let's crack this bad boy. Uh, one, one thing as well, I don't know if you picked up on this, they go to the reception desk of the hotel. Uh, ask how much it is for room for a night. The guy says $50. Alex pays with two notes oh, yeah. and gets one note back. What note was he using to pay for that? I couldn't work out the logic in there's my no, head. It, two fifties only... and then he just gave two him the 50 50 back. Two fifties and just gave him one 50 <laughs> back. <laughs> that's Wait, what's the, going uh, on? Yeah, That's a very Alex thing to do, to be fair. <laughs> he wants to show him, I've got a hundred, by see, the I've, way. I've got a hundred. I could be buying two of these. It might be two nights if I'm right lucky. Now. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Just That's really a annoyed very me. good point. Really annoyed also, me. Also, they're just like, they're really disapproving of the guy when he says it's not that kind of hotel. You've just come to a motel and asked for a couple of hours. In the middle yeah. of the day. He's totally <laughs> vindicated in his assumption. Yeah, also, yeah. also, she's running away from someone trying to kill her, as far as she can tell. And she's worried about $50 for a hotel room. Yeah, yeah. Just pay the man. Oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Don't haggle. <laughs> Next time, the guy's going to arrive and go, has anyone suspicious been here? And he's going to go, well, there was this one bird. Yeah. And she was like, can I have it for five minutes? She asked me for the hourly rate of the room. <laughs> she, wanted a, she wanted a breakdown for VAT purposes. <laughs> as they're driving to the motel, we get a text to Alex from external Helen, just, you know, uh, apologising for why she has, she can't let him live for what he's done. And she pops in a little at the end, a viz viva. They remember as they're trying to solve the password on the video camera, they, they recall, oh yeah, viz viva, maybe, maybe that's a clue. But they get from there to, oh, well, viz viva is, is conservation of energy. And I know their engineers, I have no idea about any of that kind of stuff whatsoever. But they make like four or five very quick logic jumps that are just kind of like cramming in all of this, like, just get the password. I understand, just get the password. But, you know, to, to have jumped from, oh, let's rem remember her text, Viz Viva. And Viz Viva means conservation of energy. And conservation of energy was an element of a debate that we used to have over lunch. Uh, yeah, it's a debate about religion that they used to have over lunch. I think and you, uh, the reason I kind of like stumbled at this moment was I was like, oh, they're just giving more information dump about how their scientists and their engineers... And it's like it's like they're trying to broaden character development again, but it's too late. I don't care at this point. Well, I just want things to move on. Get the fucking password. <laughs> yeah, right. Just get just, just, just move on. It's not an important. This is point. your second password yeah. moment for us. So like limited caring, right? But on top of it, I understand again tying in the whole thing with grief and and all of that kind of stuff as a B plot. But it's just it's not strong enough a uh, 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 emotional tone that you're hitting. And the movie's not about that. It's a it's a it's a low budget science fiction film about where someone's time traveled and, you know, her husband, 
you're not going to win an Oscar for your emotional exploration of grief right now. It's also weird. So something else that kind of struck me here. She says that the password was left for him as though the camera was also left for him. But she's the only one who knew the game they used to play that led the clues to the camera. So why would the password... Why would she have set the password for him if she's the only one who knows the camera? And also, VizViva is... Uh, it was coined by a scientist, uh, Leibniz, in, like, the late 1600s. Galileo is from the late 1500s, early 1600s. They The two never crossed paths. Yeah, It's a bizarre link to be like, oh, that theory that came out of conservation of energy from, you know, 17-whatever... Oh, yeah, that reminds me of this scientist from 15-whatever. Genuinely, the God debate and the whole kind of like super somber tone and they're in this like dimly lit motel room and it's been dark on screen for a while and they talk in somber, long, pausey kind of things. And like this was the height of me kind of just getting really sort of like tired with the tone. And I like, as I've said multiple times, I get what you're going for with the grief thing, but... It's like you you don't need to make me feel like I'm at a funeral, you know. It's yeah. like, I mean, this movie is just it's just like it's like four weddings and a funeral, except it's two Helens and I'm in a funeral. Are you going to rename it that? <laughs> I, I would be perfectly fine with this. Two, two Helens, two weddings, a, two, two Helens, Helens, two Helens, and I'm in a funeral. Two Helens and two Helens in a funeral of a movie. <laughs> two Helens I like in it. A funeral. It's good. It's good. Yeah, go oh, with it. They finally unlock the, the the video camera, passwords Galileo, would have taken them four and a half days to get there, in my opinion, but they got there in the end anyway, and they watch the video. Now, the video is from the cabin. It was in the, the moose heads. Is it a, it's a moose deer? Who a cares? Deer, it's a deer. Yeah. It's a deer. It was in the deer's eye overlooking the living room, and it has overseen her husband, H.G. Wells, time travel machine <laughs> creator, <laughs> and Thomas, his business partner, his potentially scientific partner we don't really get any kind of like sciencey stuff from thomas he seems like the money guy he seems like the money guy and he seems like the money guy overall because they are having a a disagreement wells is not happy because of some of the sort of new revisions to the intended applications of their time travel from their their lovely benefactors the american military complex i mean <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Nothing scientific gets billed unless the American military can make money. Yeah. They should have gone to Norman Osborn in Spider-Man 1. Yeah. He was totally happy to make weapons oh, for yeah. you. But instead, they've gone to Wells and they've gone to Thomas. Thomas, who is all on board, he, you know, where else are we going to get the funding from? But the, I think that the, the fundamental problem they have is that, you know, Thomas wants funding and Wells wants brown people to live. <laughs> because because it's, it's, it's Black Ops assassinations in Syria, lads. It's the first place you get to where we have a time travel machine. What should we do? Oh, let's off some Syrians. Well, what could we do? Could World hunger, world peace, kill Hitler, anything like that. Black Ops assassinations in Syria. Uh, I, I did... <laughs> And you've told the scientists as well. You how black ops can it be when you've told them, well, like guys? By the way, this is what we're going to do with it. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, that you've obviously had uh, a problem with this, as did I. Maybe not from the same angle. Mine was more: How do you get an amnesiac to assassinate someone? If you send them back in time and they forget the previous week and the fact that they've been sent back in time. They just arrive. I mean, I just love the idea of you get the average American military man, you send him back in time to Saddam Hussein's base, and he arrives and just goes, oh, I'll just shoot him then, and just immediately offs him with no explanation and no understanding of why. 
And is then there for another 36 hours. <laughs> or is, yeah. is then there indefinitely. And doesn't know how he and got doesn't there. doesn't know yeah. how he is and where he is, doesn't why he's I woke there. up and I had a list of instructions that began with kill Saddam and number two was figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely very surprising. The movie has made no mention of this kind of thing. And I know, I understand, you need a placeholder for I don't want my time travel to go to a bad thing. You could have just said... Well, no, you've you. The funding's coming from the military, so of course it will be used for a bad thing. You, you don't need, need to, to explain. Labor on it, no, no. Mm-hmm. Thanks, though. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> so Wells must die, and of course Thomas obliges. Pops some some nice powder in his drink. Uh, uh, drinks that he does, and Wells is dead. Helen sees her husband being murdered, very unhappy, but immediately as she's very unhappy, she kind of comes to some really quick realisations. We are in the final third of the movie now and and they need to sort of cram in. She needs to get to somewhere. And so she comes to the realisation that I want to kill him. But hold on, maybe I did kill him. And maybe I regretted it. And maybe in regretting it, I sent myself back and that's why I'm here. Which is a lot of logic leaps to make all at once, but I'm I'll side on I'll settle on the side of, well, you really know yourself, Helen, so I'm I guess I'm okay with it. But it was it was a lot crack crammed into just one very brief chat with Alex. Kravis rocks up to the motel, tracking the gun. Helen falls out of a fire escape, but does manage to get away. As as a point, by the way, a little bit of interesting knowledge. Um the stunt woman who did that fall did that broke that windscreen in one go they were like you just you get one chance to do this because we haven't got another car (laughs) carry on it's the volkswagen or the bmw she she did that fall for real that's a proper that that impresses me the other thing that impressed me was in most films especially the films we like the taken films Mm -hmm. if someone gets slammed into a table the table shatters into thousands of pieces alex got slammed hard into yeah. that table and the table was like nah mate I'm Ikea <laughs> <laughs> he's also he's made of nothing but false hope and sadness yeah. <laughs> yeah it's evident and so hobbling again they've injured her they cut her foot earlier in the movie and now she's smashed into a windshield she hobbles over to Linda Hamilton oh. <laughs> I'm glad to see her back she'll be here for more than a minute and 30 yeah, seconds sure. this time we are back at the university um, now Proflo tells Helen our Helen, the you, Helen, you were just here. You just here like 15 minutes ago. You bolted in, you shut the door, you were working on some stuff and then, uh, you know, you left. But you were, you were just here. So Helen gives chase immediately. She can't wait to, to find external Helen. Now, it may seem to you in my summary of that scene, uh, the scene including Professor Florence of uh, the university, the robotics university, of the robotics department in the university, Played by actress Linda Hamilton of Terminator and Terminator 2 fame. Maybe other Terminators, but who cares? It may seem that I haven't really sort of included that much of her. These are her final scenes in the movie, sadly. And now these two scenes, they're, they're kind of the same scene, just hard. There's a little Kravitz, 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 uh, Alex bit right in the, in the middle. But sandwiching that bit are Linda Hamilton on screen for 40 seconds and then 59 seconds. Oh. That brings Linda Hamilton's total screen time in this movie to three minutes and 15 seconds, which is 3.61% of the runtime of this film. <laughs> Linda Hamilton, if you round up, is in 4% of this film. If, if this had had a theatrical release, I'd have demanded my money back. If she was yeah. even on the poster, I would have been furious. She's I, not, oh, admittedly. Isn't but she? No, I haven't seen not. the poster. Oh, the right. poster's just like the word. <laughs> it's just the word curvature. <laughs> 
As I said, Helen gives chase unsuccessfully. She eventually decides, you know, I'll cut my losses. I'm going to head straight to Thomas. If the whole point of what I'm doing right now is to stop external Helen from killing Thomas, then let's just go to him. She goes to his house, but he's making his way over to the office. So she heads over to the office. And when she gets there, she gives herself up. She just walks out and she says, hey, hey, I'm here. And Thomas and friends, the angry locomotives, have been looking for her the whole film. So... They grab hold of her and she essentially, behind closed doors, once she's worked her way inside the facility, she gives up the whole jig. She says to him, I know you killed my husband. I have time travelled. I have already killed you. And I am here to, quote, save your worthless life. So the whole kind of thing, very quickly, space of a couple of minutes, just all kind of comes out and we get this like huge advancement plot wise. Thomas is responsible. There's 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 no way. There's no way you've used the machine. There's no way you've already killed me. There's no way any of this is true. Just absolutely doubts it at exactly the same time as the movie is showing us that no, it is. <laughs> it is very much happening. Qu- we see quite comically in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and I've got to be honest, at this point, I was thinking. As she's talking to him, as he's, as he, you know, he first denies, I, you know, I didn't kill him, but blah, blah, blah. He was sick. But very quickly, he drops the charade and he almost, he almost seems a bit happy as he's explaining, like, he had to die. He had to go. He's giving this kind of draw, emotionless delivery and she's getting understandably uh, uh, angry about it. In this moment, I thought maybe the flip was going to be, oh, no, you are not here to prevent him from being killed you're here to stab him in person because he's going to anger you you're going to come to the realization that actually he does deserve to die. actually you shouldn't so i thought that maybe we were then going to get like a, a little dabble of of regret travel i thought like you know she'll do another regret travel and she might be trapped in an endless loop of constantly going back to avert it but because of the amnesia always doing it mm. i'm glad it didn't do any yeah, of that yeah. stuff but i was I dabbling up with, with any more of this film <laughs> dabbling the possibility and then we're we're an hour and 20 minutes into this film now we see the time travel device now you say time travel device clearly an mri machine it's just very clearly an mri, MRI machine. machine yeah just with the cover off have you ever seen an mri machine with no the cover it off? looks like a turbine as i found yeah, out exactly the same <laughs> exactly the same yeah there's a di- there is a loose diagram of it very you see like a, a blueprint of it very mm. early on in the film i think as she's trying as she's in the convincer chat mm, with alex yeah. maybe but oh it's also on the screens behind thomas yeah when they're I talking think it is, yeah there we, well He's we, like, uh, no there is no time machine just hospital CCTV. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the MRI <laughs> yeah. department. Yeah. Um, but uh, a bit underwhelming, although given that we were an hour and 20 minutes into the movie and they've only just showed it to us, of course, if they'd had something good, we would have had it a lot more in the movie. I mean, it's never going to be milk bath. Oh, no. man. I felt the same way, but at the same time, I think like if, if you were going to make a practical time machine that had to be room-sized, it makes sense for it to look like that. You're right. There's, there's kind of curve things going the movie's called curvature let's not forget and like there's that kind of it's it's donut shaped so that's that was my thinking i guess yeah yeah, yeah. i guess that's kind of what we're on one thing i did think about the machine which i quite liked was the obviously the door on it is clear so you can see the person disappear inside from outside i thought that was just an interesting choice there's no kind of like magic door that closes and you can't see the person so if you were watching that as an experiment that somebody's been you would see them vanish which i thought was an interesting way of seeing a time travel device no like schrodinger's cat yeah of like, there's, well, no, we can't there's no like it. oh they were never in the box yeah, yeah. and yeah. i do i do sort of I don't know if I like or dislike, but either way, I thought it was interesting that they do just show that she kind of blinks out of existence. Yeah. There's no there's no big hurrah, there's no flash, there's no sound. She just is there, she's gone. Yeah. 
it's the best thing to do if you have no budget, right? And not yeah. no yeah. not no budget, but they obviously don't have you know like interstellar budget right yeah. now. So it's the yeah, just blink, bye, no problem, fine. Leaving a comedically sized and shaped bomb with a giant timer on the screen, which I loved. This is also the first and only moment where external Helen and our Helen they don't come face to face, but. At least our Helen gets to see and we get the confirmation. She looks into her eyes. She looks into her eyes and we get the, you know, for whoever might need confirmation at this moment, that person in the hardware store wearing the same colour hoodie with the same voice is indeed the same person. As we said, she goes into the machine. She time travels. Our Helen watches her time travel, leaving the bomb. The bomb goes off. Oh, we get to see Thomas do the most dad run run I have ever seen. He like, he doesn't pick up any speed. He just takes on the form of a man who could be running. (laughs) Hey, hey, Thomas, Thomas, are you running for a bus you don't really want to catch? (laughs) Is this just for show? And so as Thomas does his dad run, he is hurt uh, in the explosion, but not killed. He He has not been killed. And we... In that moment when Helen stares into the eyes of external Helen, she she says, this was your plan all along. Your plan all along was not to have to kill Thomas. It was to blow up the machine, uh, which is a, a nice thing that they had been. They'd spent so long in this movie putting Thomas's death and Thomas being killed in front of us as the thing and, and her husband's death and her husband's thing as as the thing you should be thinking about, as the thing the characters are talking about, all that kind of stuff. And what should be done with the machine and and the intentions of Thomas or people like Thomas, you know, George Bush and Tony Blair. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was ready. I was gearing myself up. I was waiting for it. Um, What should, you know, that lingering thing, it's still an issue that's out there. And I've I've got to say kudos to the movie of kind of like bait and switching of like, no, it wasn't a Thomas. Thomas isn't even the focus. He's not important whatsoever. It's He's just a man. It's destroy um, the machine time. I do think it's a bit of a, a a common kind of problem with these sorts of films and Bond films and things like this where there's only one device and when it is destroyed, it is gone. Yeah. It's like, they, surely they could rebuild it? I mean, if you look at Primer, not only does he rebuild it, he does it yeah. 10 times bigger than ever before. She doesn't destroy any of the, like, presumably there's data files that how, how they built that machine. You know, it's just like they blow the machine up and out. nobody will ever build this again. Yeah. This, for me, honestly... The machine's destroyed. She sighs. Alex comes, picks her up, takes it. You know, Thomas is is battered and bruised, but alive. This to me, fade out, end the movie. <laughs> I would, yeah. I would have loved yeah. it. Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. you're right. That should have been the end of the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, should have been. But we of the get film. to see Helen staring at a symbolic timepiece that <laughs> yeah, was left yeah. over by her dead husband, and not bin it. Like if she'd binned it, I'd have been like, oh look, and she's gotten over it. She's moved on. No, she just keeps it in a locked drawer. So yeah. that she will never move on, I imagine. And we we end on surely, you know, the sweetest moment and another 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 delightful conversation <laughs> shared with Alex, which is I, I I didn't enjoy it. It gave me vibes of of. Do you remember in ARQ it ends with it ends with mother waking up first. So instead of the narrative thing, you get this little tag on at the end of like things are different. And so this movie tags on a little thing right at the end, and it's it's Alex saying to uh, back at work. Alex just turning around to Helen and saying, you know, somewhere out there right now, we're doing everything all over again, aren't we? Helen replies, I think there's a version of us that will always be doing everything all over again. No. <laughs> um, I mean... I, but, thank you. I no. need someone to just say, no, there are it, not. It, it's no, that's complete, it. Leave it there. A complete misunderstanding of how they've just done it. Number yeah. one, this Helen that you're talking to right now, she's the one who went through it. You're talking to the one yeah, who yeah, went yeah, through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you 
haven't time travelled at all, mate, so you're not going through it again, are you? You've only been one human the entire time you've existed. Why are you, snake? As well, where <laughs> yeah. was he during all yeah. of this? You're fired. Just sleeping the headache off from making that IKEA table that didn't break. Are they back working for the same company, by yeah. the way? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the company is called Zenith Aerospace, and they're back working for it. By the way, she's working for an aerospace company. We have to assume... There's probably some secure data in this building, right? Mm, there's mm. probably things that we don't want to know. There's probably things Lockheed probably has a bunch of equipment that they're they're testing here. Mm. She gets a USB in the mail and plugs it straight into Wags her computer in. I know. with with no concern. Just so you know, the Department of Homeland Security did this. They left a bunch of USBs in like the parking lots of different high secure buildings just to see if people would plug them in. 60% yeah. of people <laughs> plugged them straight in, yeah. found them on the ground, plugged them straight in. If they put branding on it, like a particular logo of, say, a company they might know, 90% of them Amazing. plugged it in. And in case you're thinking, well, you know, it, it could have been worse. In Iran, they did the same thing. We, no one knows who did it. Some people think it was the American government, but the same thing happened. USBs were left in a car park. They plugged them in to the computers in a nuclear power plant. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the computers were overtaken by a, a worm virus that then infected all of their computers. They couldn't get in externally. Hackers couldn't get in because there was no internal line. Don't worry, a moron with a USB plugged it straight in. And that package, as you mentioned, James, the USB delivery from... I can't even... From external Helen. She's no longer external. She's gone now. She's past Helen now. Yeah? Yeah, the, yeah, thank God. Yeah, cool. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah great. Yeah, well, no, don't are, rock the are, boat now. We're at the right, end. Sorry. Yeah, don't rock the boat. Um, that is the end of the movie. <laughs> done, yeah. done, done, Frank done. God. Done. Oh, my God. I have never what? had to think so hard what? about a film. And I, I am willing to concede that 70 to 80% of it is me. But I, I, I kid you not, guys. If you make the time traveller in your film completely unaware that they've time traveled and then the person that is influencing stuff behind the scenes is not the time traveler if you make the wise person not the time traveler and the time traveler not wise i'm okay with it for difference uh for for variation of plot and all that kind of stuff i'm not criticizing it but who boy you lose Scott Hamza. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to put a lot more effort into the storytelling if you're going to yeah. have the main character have no clue what is happening through the whole film. Mm. So, we talked about it a lot in the middle section of this. Uh, James, you did that wonderful expl explainer of the ways in which this works and, and the timeline in <laughs> the 36 Thank hours. You. Thank Christ, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What type of time travel would we call this, especially in in light of what we've seen thus far? Is it comparable to anything on the list thus far? It it's looping time travel, isn't it? But but there is a loop. It is not. There is a loop. It's not repeated. It's like one single loop. Yeah. yeah, it's a single loop time travel, but it is different to some of the other things we've seen before. It's from a kind of different perspective. It's I would say it's probably the exact same. If you look at each of the mini loops in primer it's the exact same style of time travel really as it is there with just the amnesia thrown in um it's it's nothing special in terms of the actual time travel i think it's just special in terms of the the plot that they went with instead and there are aspects of it that i really liked like it's nice to not view it from the all-knowing person's perspective yeah. they just didn't quite 
hit what they needed to do. I And I genuinely appreciate, as you said from the interview that the director gave Adam, I genuinely appreciate someone who said, I either want to make a time travel movie and so I've watched a bunch of stuff and now I want to do something different. Or someone who said, well, I've, I've already watched this stuff and, and I like it yeah. anyway. I'd like to go and do something different. I appreciate that. And I will say genuinely, the time travel element of it, very simple, as we said, just a loop. The representation of that one loop when you factor in the amnesia of it and when you factor in putting one of the Helens com- not on camera at all for the for the duration of the movie, practically. There are elements of 41 where he sees himself over and over and, and mm-hmm. it, there's interaction, but the changes, there's no interaction face to face. It's distanced interaction. There are elements of Los Crono and the fact that there is another person out there doing things. However, in Los Crono, it is, as we've previously categorized Los Crono as, that is an everything has always happened and always will happen kind of Cl- thing. Closed loop. It's a closed loop yeah. and, it, and, and, you know, nothing, there is no, there is no change or alteration to the timeline in Los Crono because Hector just always acts in exactly the same way and we just find him after after successive loops. However, in this, there is another Helen and yet that Helen is acting differently from our Helen because of what's happened. Yeah, there's no way that this, that our, that the current Helen that we watch can influence events. Hector knew what had happened with each loop. He could influence everything around him. He, he became more godlike with each loop. Our Helen has no concept she is as ungodlike as you can be she is an ant and somehow the helen who hasn't traveled is the one with the knowledge and genuinely even with the jacket which i would say of everything we've covered thus far this movie is the cousin of the jacket not the brother sister or anything like that but just loosely related in that there's amnesia but even then the jacket is about some an amnesiac who time travels. Yeah. This is a movie where the time travel creates an amnesiac. Amnesia. Yeah, yeah. Which, again, I'm all here for because we the time travel has had no discernible mental effect on any person who has travelled thus far in any of the movies. Uh, As, yeah. Aside mm. from questionably making the protagonist of 41 stupider <laughs> every <laughs> single time. I mean, yeah, you're yeah. right. The, the, I think the <clears> only <throat> deleterious effect we've had on any character has been the shaking hands in Primer. Yeah. And even that, it's. I think they may have had a nosebleed and a, like a slight concussion. Yeah. But again, that's it's basically nothing. Hmm. It's a really sort of interesting film to consume. Like it's, I, and, and as we know, as I said up top, I consumed it and halfway forgot what I was consuming, <laughs> lost track of how to eat a meal mm-hmm. and then just started smashing my face into the plate, apparently. Yeah. But talk, talking of meals, I had a real, I was thinking, you know me, I love to compare films to, to, to foodstuffs. Um, I can't, I can't get my head around what this is. And I think that speaks to the fact that I didn't fully understand this film. I, I kept thinking this is something, the film is like conf- confusing, sad, bit dreary. I, I might have, I might have something. Oh, I don't okay. know if you've got something, but I might have something. I was thinking it's complicated, it's confusing, and they, they didn't get it right, and so it's kind of ended up a bit of a mess. It's a souffle. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you could, if you'd done it really well, you could have got a beautiful dish out of this. But this is a ruined souffle. Mm. It didn't. You didn't quite get it. It's it's gone flat. So I think I would probably say this meal is a flat souffle. <laughs> can, can I, I like add? It. Yeah. Because it's something that I just just didn't get. 
can it be a a pork souffle? <laughs> because if that comes up on the, the menu, you just be like, "Oh, Scott's not getting this." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, it is a a pork souffle. Which in What's in the word in I'm for? not flattened. What's the, what do you call it when it's deflated? A deflated. It's a def. Which is describes the it tone is, of the film. Yeah, can I just a say deflated. It's a deflated pork souffle? <laughs> there we are. <laughs> Pop that on the IMDb. <laughs> Adam, I think this uh, brings us beautifully up to any any juicy film facts. Always yeah. a bit of a. I uh, mean, it's it. There wasn't a lot to go out this time. It was fairly. I was bare bones. Say, it's always a bit of a shallow pool when it's um, Netflix stuff. We talked. We talked earlier about um, a couple of the other actors having uh, other roles in time travel movies, but not being the time travelers. And James said Lindsay Fonseca is in uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Doesn't time travel, as far as I'm aware. I've not seen Hot Tub Time Machine. Um, have I. Linda Hamilton doesn't time travel in Terminator. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it's correct, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And Noah Bean, who plays Wells, he's in the TV adaptation of 12 Monkeys. Is he Uh, directed by the director who did ARQ? Yes. Yes. So the links are starting to form. Our films are fraternising behind our backs. They are. are. Um, But yeah, you know, in terms of kind of like it's domestic it didn't have a domestic release so there's no i don't know what the budget was for no, it it was released on vod um, yeah um but i do know that it was released at a film festival in south korea oh a bit later on after it's proper okay. release so it made as far as i can tell 266 dollars wow so, that might be the lowest bucks. we've ever heard it's pretty low i did um, see that it debuted at shriek fest shriek fest yeah which oh. is a, yeah. it's a, at least i thought explains some of the sort of foreboding ominous music at the beginning yeah it could have had more horror i mean you could have made this a more horror filled film without much difficulty i'm sure it won best thriller feature film at shriek fest which might be an indication of the quality at the (laughs) at the festival i think we could make the best horror film for that sorry best thriller film for shriek fest i'll um i'll leave you with a quote from the review of this movie from the telegraph Oh. And that it really stuck out with me, this did. So the quote is, If you get a phone call from yourself advising you not to see Curvature, by all means, heed it. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that was a kind of nice I love it. It picks out my favourite points from time travel films and it nails this film. I think that, uh, let's get let's get ranking. Yeah. I think that when you just said that, and that review uh, uh, line, Adam, mm. I feel sad. I feel like the movie's been bullied a little. It's almost I, the way I would phrase it is is that with a movie like Sound of Thunder and with a movie like Forty One, they are the child that I'm turning to and saying I'm angry with you. But with Curvature, I'm turning and saying I'm not angry. I'm just, just disappointed. disappointed. Yeah, I I felt like. Um... Everything about it is well produced. There's no like dodgy camera work or anything. It's on exactly the same level as ARQ. Absolutely. It, f- it feels like a well made film. I think it's just very modelled. It just doesn't deliver. Nailed it with the, the, like, the ARQ quality. Yeah. It's got the plot quality from the jacket and it's got the film quality from ARQ. ARQ. Yeah. Which in my head means conveniently, with those two being ranked four and five, yeah. we would put it directly in between the two of them. I was I was going to ask you over under on the jacket. No, I can't. Because it's not. I can't it's not sound, let's get it out of the way. It's not Sound of Thunder or Forty One. No. Oh God, okay. it's easily. It does some two. interesting stuff with time travel, and 
nothing is offensive. None of the acting is offensive. None of the directing is offensive or, or like, you know, to the senses, to the sensibilities. Um, it was watchable. And it's only one hour 30. You haven't robbed me of time, you know? I don't think this is better than the jacket. I just don't think it's... Uh, the jacket's clear. The jacket is clear with how it uses its time travel. There isn't as much confusion. And I, I sadly don't think that the confusion is intentional. I think it's it's just a bit of a messy film, really. I think what they're trying to do is there, but it doesn't deliver for I'm, me. I'm looking to you two guys a lot with this one because, as I said, I don't know if it's me or if it's the film, and I think it's probably a bit of both, you know. Um in fact, almost definitely it's a bit of both. But I am with the jacket. I'm th- the answer of well, the, the question of would I watch either one again is, is a moot point. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I think I would say Curvature is a better time travel movie than The Jacket. The Jacket is a better movie than Curvature. Okay. Yeah. The Jacket's a better if, movie. If, the acting's better, the plot's better, yeah. and it's less dreary, and it makes more sense. With the exception of the, it felt a bit like I was watching it through a muddy puddle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Brown and grey movie. That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If um, if that's if that's, I mean, that is why we do these. That is, it is to find time travel movies that we can talk about. I suppose its its idea of how time travel works within its universe is better than Jacket. The novel idea of. Yeah. The, the, someone has time travelled and then immediately had their mind erased. Yeah. Yeah. That is good. Even if she does, she knows exactly that time travel exists. She knows that her husband is the one who invented it. She knows yeah. all the passwords and she knows yeah. uh, what to do thereafter. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. she's she's pretty clued in. It's not like someone time travelling, having amnesia and went and finding out, hold on, I time travelled? What? That's the second big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so I, above I think the jacket, you're probably right. I think just, I'm being a little hard on I, it. I, I just, it's are, only just. You are yeah. right that I shouldn't have just gone straight in with it's obviously between them. I think it really is on par with the jacket. Yeah. But if we had to put them anywhere, I'd put it above. Yeah. Shows okay. you what Ark yeah, can fair. do. Like, shows you what Ark was capable of. It, yeah. And Same there is time. a jump between the two. I think if you look at between the jacket and Ark, Ark isn't a great film, mm. but it is very much a... What was it you called it, Scott? I think you said... Uh, it, it was a very good KFC. A very good yeah. KFC. A good KFC. Yeah, yeah. They're You're a bad right. one. Roadside is... services KFC. Good services. Yeah, Ark yeah. is a good KFC, whereas this was a... Um, so, <laughs> it sounds so a, bad a now. A deflated pork souffle. A deflated pork souffle. Don't type that into uh, no, any no, no. search engines. No, no, no. Either. no. I mean, something that's okay. still, still edible, still a quality meal, just done wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's or a, just yeah, done wonky. Is... Someone will eat a deflated pork souffle, just not me. Oh, I'll, 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 eat, I'll it. eat it. Yeah, I'll yeah. Eat it. yeah. <laughs> just you, well, you did. <laughs> but no, yeah, no, I agree. I think, I think it, it does just edge it. Yeah, in that case. Well, guys, thank you so much. A wonderful chat as always. I've, I've genuinely learned some stuff. I've genuinely been been educated and re-educated. <laughs> I'm now off to engage in like a, the perfectly normal very understandable and quite common pastime I'm going to just nip into the other room and stare at my hands listen to some whale noise and just just zone out a perfect. little bit All right, so, great. thanks a lot guys have you a good one you enjoy <laughs> us, and I can confirm that my hands have never looked better which brings us to the close of another episode of Time Travel Film Club if you'd like to share TTFC with anyone you know, our episodes can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And we'd be insanely grateful if you could leave us a rating and review so that our club can reach more ears. 
As always, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's Facebook at Time Travel Film Club, Twitter, Time Travel Club, and Reddit, r slash Time Travel Film Club, or email Time Travel Film Club at gmail.com. Our next episode will be 2014's The Infinite Man, which is still on YouTube at time of recording, so nice and easy to find. Until then, love from the past, see you in the future.